0: Hi there, and welcome back to another episode of Odd Broadcast. My name is Liz, and this is a podcast I created to talk about uncomfortable things. From sex work, to STDs, to bipolar disorder, to alcoholism. Those are a few things I would like to talk about in the future. Although today is not necessarily an odd topic, it's something that has given me a buttload of anxiety lately and something we're all sick and tired of hearing about. I had a conversation with my friend who's currently a nurse and we're talking about coronavirus and how we can help contain COVID-19, how you can protect yourself, how you can protect your family, uh, how do kids, how are kids affected by COVID-19 and what do we need to be aware of? We all have so many questions and even medical professionals don't have don't have answers to any of this. It's just patience it takes now. That's all we can do is wait. Thank you for taking the time to listen to my podcast, and I hope you get something out of this episode. Hi, guys. So today I have an old friend of mine I went to high school with. Um, her name is Shara. Uh Shara's currently a nurse working in a local hospital here in Las Vegas on a children's floor that also handles COVID-19 cases. On some days, she'll be the designated COVID nurse, and she's here to help shed some light on the current situation that we all have questions on. Hi, Shara. How are you doing?
1: Good. How are you?
0: You know, living life, but I feel (laughs) very lazy. I'm sitting in a closet (laughs) recording podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) So, Shara, just so everyone can get a little gauge of of you, um, how long have you been a nurse?
1: I will be hitting my three-year mark um, at the end of this year. So, I'm still a baby nurse, but hey.
0: (laughs) So, So, in your past three years, I know that you started working in Seattle. How was that?
1: It was awesome. You know, I still keep up with a lot of my coworkers and colleagues in Seattle. Um, I worked at a children's hospital there and I learned so much in my one year there. I have no regrets. And maybe, Hey, maybe in the future I might be able to come back. We'll see, but I'm going wherever life takes me.
0: <laughs> so being in the medical field when I think medical field in Seattle, I think a lot of Grey's Anatomy cause I've rewatched way too much Grey's Anatomy lately. Um, so for you've been working for the past pretty much what's it been three four months now since the whole covid craze started Mm -hmm. um so i wanted to ask you because i always am kind of haunted by the time when like school got canceled for me and we started to realize this shit's real like (laughs) things are (laughs) happening um so when did Things start to hit you like when did you stop and realize wow things are getting bad now this isn't just the flu
1: um I'm gonna be honest with you at first I didn't take it as seriously as I probably should have um when things were kind of just going a little crazy in China uh, when everything kind of started I was thinking you know like yes it is a very serious thing but It hasn't really hit us yet. It hasn't really hit any other countries yet. So it wasn't that big of a deal to me. And then things started going to Italy and Europe. And then all of a sudden it hit Seattle. And that's when I realized, you know, oh crap, like this is a very real thing. Um, And it just kind of spiraled from there where, you know, things started closing. Different states were shutting down. No one was allowed to travel. And I think that's when it hit but when it really hit home was when it started here and that's when everything just kind of it kind of set in place that you know this is now a reality not just in other people's lives that i knew but this is a reality now in my life
0: exactly and you're on the the front lines of it so since you have colleagues in seattle um and things i know started to shut down there before really anywhere else mm-hmm. did they kind of tell you like hey things are we're putting in some more protocols right now and things are getting serious be prepared for it to happen in your city
1: yeah um uh, things were shutting down so fast there I think basically overnight things were starting to shut down and you know everyone was getting different I I, well I worked in a in a children's hospital there so things kind of went a little differently with them, but I know for the adult hospitals in Seattle, a lot of them were starting to set up just designated COVID floors. A lot of them were opening up tents for, I guess, extra overflow room when um, things really started to get bad and we were doing temperature checks everywhere. We were shutting or they were shutting down all the hospitals there. So it was it was pretty crazy.
0: I see. I see. So what did What were you told inside of a hospital in order to protect yourself and to protect Um, patients?
1: Wearing masks. Yeah, that was the first thing that they ever implemented in our hospital, and it's just kind of snowballed from there. Um, I don't know how it is in different hospitals across the valley or even just across the nation, but for my specific hospital, we do temperature checks in and out of the um, hospital, so there is someone actually at the door getting your temperature if you have a fever you're not even allowed to come in whether you're a visitor whether you're a worker um and we wear masks the whole entire shift the only time we're able to take those masks off is basically when we're in our break room uh on break and that's even if we have a break that day (laughs) um and just constantly having um just constantly monitoring your symptoms so if you have a cough that's new Like, for me, I have asthma, so I don't really see a cough as a symptom. When it starts getting worse is when the issue kind of starts. Shortness of breath. um, Even if you have a fever, uh, they just monitor that. And if you have one, you get sent home immediately and you get a COVID test. And whether or not you get cleared, if you do get cleared, you come back. If you are positive for COVID, you can't work until you're negative.
0: So, and it's, it's pretty strict, like it's an everyday thing that they're checking, right?
1: It's an everyday thing. Mm-hmm.
0: So, when you are the designated COVID nurse, what does your general day look like?
1: On our floor, we have one specific nurse, ideally, that works with all of the COVID positive cases, or all the rule-out positive, um, or, or all the rule-out COVID cases, Um we get our designated uh PPE, which is our personal protective equipment. And for COVID, that consists of a gown, an N95 mask, and or a face shield. Um and gloves, obviously, when you come in and out of the room. We after we get report, we usually have um we go in, do our first rounds, try to cluster our care together, get our vitals, all our medications in, and With COVID, anything that actually goes into the room, if you can leave it in the room, you leave it in the room. We try to protect each other by just monitoring who goes in and out of those rooms and what goes in and out of those rooms. Um, So say we have food, we, we we only have styrofoam trays instead of the regular trays that we have, and that just gets tossed right after. Um, we usually have a certified nursing assistant that does vitals and they don't, they actually don't go in the room. It's just going to be us as a nurse who goes in the room. So it's just solely us. Um, we have different treatments now that we're kind of testing out and seeing if it works or not and clustering our care to make sure that we don't really have, you know, or that we don't really expose ourselves as much as we can. And that's kind of how our day goes.
0: And so kind of throughout the day, you're just taking all the precautions that you're trained for and just getting home and saying, I hope it wasn't today that something slipped.
1: Exactly. Um, It's it's kind of a little scary because I was taught in nursing school that um, personal protective equipment, our PPE, is disposable, (laughs) and it hasn't really been the case so far in um, most of the world. our personal protective equipment, actually, we end up having to, instead of throwing in the trash, we'll take it off, put it on a hook. Um, along with our masks, we'll put it on a hook. Our gloves are disposable, but those we kind of save. We have one per shift, which I heard in our case is actually really good because some people actually use it for multiple days at a time. Yeah.
0: yeah. Not in best
1: circumstances, but we got to do what we got to do
0: so when you were becoming a nurse like what you were told is you hop ha- you will have a different mask every day and now it's just like there's not every enough use. so
1: actually every use so oh when okay. you go into a room that's one mask when you exit the room you throw that out and then when you go into the room again you have another mask okay yes.
0: <laughs> so my initial question was have you seen children um who have been affected by covid but obviously you're on a, a COVID floor Um, So what I wanted to ask is, what symptoms do children, let's say between the ages of 5 and 12, what symptoms will they experience versus maybe an adult in their 30s, if if the symptoms are different?
1: It's actually really crazy because most of the cases with children don't respond or don't show in the way that you would think. Um, A lot of these cases in the beginning, um, when it first started coming out when COVID first started was, you know, I was having a little diarrhea. I was having some GI issues, some gastrointestinal issues. And we thought it was, you know, like gastroenteritis or maybe a little bug in their stomach. Maybe they had food poisoning and we tested them and they were positive for COVID. Um, I actually recall a couple patients who had things like a broken bone who didn't have any symptoms whatsoever um, if they didn't break their bone, uh, they would have never known they had COVID. Um, but recently, it actually started where um, it was actually just respiratory symptoms now where they would have some shortness of breath and they couldn't breathe as well as they used to be able to. Um, they would need oxygen, uh, supplemental oxygen. So whether it's like a nasal cannula or whether it's um, something called a Venturi mask, um, and it's starting to come a lot more often now where it's respiratory issues versus issues that you wouldn't even consider COVID to present.
0: Wow, so it's just a wide range and most of these people have come in for something else, not concerned at all with COVID and then they run the tests or like, oh, this is showing.
1: Right, and I can't speak for adults, obviously. I know um, a, a couple of my colleagues work for the adult floors and their experiences may be different than mine, but for children, you, you, you'd you be surprised what comes in and you would never expect it to be COVID. And it turns out it is.
0: Wow. Um, what is one of the weirdest cases you've seen yourself? Was it the, the diarrhea
1: or? It was it was probably the broken bone. Like, okay, he didn't realize that she actually had it. This was well, for now, our hospital actually tests everyone now. So if you go in through the emergency room, if you have a procedure, everyone gets a COVID test, and you're not actually allowed into the general um, floor until you get the test and it's either pending or there's a result. Um, and but when this was kind of first starting, you know that case in particular kind of showed us, you know, you never know. Um, cause she had a roommate, that roommate had a mom, that roommate had a mom in there with her all night before we even actually knew that there was a positive COVID test in there. Um, yeah. she went the whole day shift and half the night shifts, um, which is really crazy because that's how many nurses that have come in there and, you know, either helped the sign nurse, um, and doctors who have gone in there, respiratory therapists that may have gone in there, physical therapy, even occupational therapy. There are so many people that went in there and. Now we're exposed because no one knew and no one thought to test her prior to even seeing if she had COVID.
0: I see. That's stressful. Oh my goodness.
1: It's really stressful.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Testing. Okay, echo stopped. Sweet. You can start the video back up. Cool. And. All right. So. Are there any big misconceptions the general public may have that you've seen on, like, the internet between, like, Twitter and Facebook, maybe specifically in regards to children?
1: Um, a couple. The big thing is not wearing a mask. Is it going to be okay? Um, you know, I I get where people are kind of coming from when they see that, you know, wearing a mask is to protect others, but... The only way for us to get back to, I guess, normal and for this whole entire situation and scenario to to ever stop would be to wear a mask. And I think Mm -hmm. that's the biggest misconception is I hear a lot of people saying that masks don't work and like, you know, what's the point? And the point is, (laughs) you know, to make things simple, because I'm sure everyone's heard this argument before that to wear this mask means that you are protecting others and the person who is wearing the mask next to you is protecting you. And we're all kind of protecting each other. This is all a team effort and it's the only way that things are ever going to go back to, like I said, normal. Mm -hmm. Um, Another thing I also see is that there is actually a treatment for COVID and that is very, very far from true. (laughs) This Uh is where I'll say that it is, kind of like, you know, any other virus where the treatment is to treat the symptoms. So if you're dehydrated, you have IV fluids. If you're feeling nauseous, you give Zofran, which is um, to help you not feel nauseous. If you have a fever, you give Tylenol. Um, But that's basically it until this whole entire virus kind of clears itself in the body, for lack of a better word. Um, There are some trial drugs that we're testing. For example, there are a couple, and by a couple, I mean like three or four in my hospital, um, that are testing this drug called, I, I'd like to say it's pronounced resemdivir or something like that. It's an antiviral. They've used it for, um, in my personal research, not saying I'm an epidemiologist or anything, but from what I've read quickly, they've tested it for a couple viruses here and there, and it may or may not be a treatment for hepatitis C, um, but that is in the very 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 early stages and there isn't a treatment so you know the only treatment there isn't the only thing that you can do to help stop this is by preventing covid from ever infecting you and infecting others um because as of right now we can't do anything about it it's not like it's a bacterial infection where we can give you an antibiotic and it'll be all right in a couple days it's it's something that is very very new and a lot of us have a lot of questions. I'm sure most of us have a lot of questions and it's sad to say, but there aren't many answers for it yet.
0: All right. Um. A big question I have, which is just like a silly question, is do the material that masks are made out of matter? Because I wear like an N95 mask or whatever it is and I, I wear it everywhere and I feel like like, I feel silly, but I know, like, <laughs> like, everyone's wearing a mask. So I'm like, why do I feel silly? But then I also see people selling, like, masks made out of their bed sheets. And I'm mm-hmm. like, does that
1: do anything? Like, is there a difference? There actually is a difference. Um, the general public, honestly, would just need a cloth mask. Mm-hmm. Um, it is up to people's, com- like, it, it's how comfortable f- people feel about the type of mask that they wear. Um, but for the most part, you know, the mask that, N95 masks are to help protect other people if they're sick, or if you're sick, then they're going to protect other people. The N95 that you're talking about, though, if worn properly, that's the thing, is if worn properly, can protect you if someone else is sick, Um, which I guess goes into your other question about another misconception is that N95s are actually – there's different kinds of N95s, and they actually are meant to fit – Specific people like healthcare workers, we are all fit tested. um, Where you know, men have to shave their beards, we have to make sure we don't have facial hair or anything like crazy on our faces. Where we actually go into um, our facility, whether it's a hospital or somewhere else, and we test and see if that N95 works. Um, If it doesn't work, then we get fitted for another model of that N95, and that's kind of how we find which one works for us. Whereas, if it's not properly fitting to you, um, things can still go in.
0: <laughs> okay, so if someone wanted to get like the most protectiveness, like an N95 fitted right would be like one of the safest masks you could wear.
1: Exactly, but it is only to protect you from getting sick. However, if you're sick, um, you, it may or may not protect the person in front of you or next to you. Um, like a surgical mask would because the the point of the surgical mask and a cloth mask is to protect others from whether or not you're sick.
0: Yeah. I, I was telling my friends the other day, I think the biggest mistake they made was telling... Can you hear me okay? Yeah. Okay. I think like the biggest mistake they made was saying wear a mask to protect everyone else around you instead of protecting yourself. You should have just been like, everyone wear a mask to protect
1: your health because you're at risk Yeah, I feel
0: like less people. (laughs) It's it's America. Wonderful place to be right now.
1: (laughs) You know, it's just... I just kind of tried to reiterate the fact that right now, like, yes, you are protecting yourself by quarantining, but if you go out, you know the mask is to protect others in the event that you're the one that's infecting everyone. Mm -hmm. And that's what kind of sucks is, you know, we're just trying to be honest and people will do it as they please. It's a free country.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And it's it's crazy that it's a debate. And I remember watching a a documentary where they were um, walking around Australia and they were like, soon, soon the soon Australia is going to have to wear a mask very similar to China. And um, a lot of Asia was already with the mask mandates. And so, um, and I was remember thinking that like Americans aren't going to do that. (laughs) We're here now. So what is the recovery like for most people? Um, I think you mentioned what kind of medicine is given to them, but like if someone's in the hospital, um, and it's severe, like, how long could it take to recover?
1: It's it's getting, it, it all just depends on the person, you know, like, some people can take a couple of weeks, can take the, the, on average, 10 to 14 days before um, symptoms resolve, but there are a lot of people, and um, some personal stories I actually know of, that it actually takes them months for symptoms to resolve because you know their symptoms were just so bad that they ended up needing to get a ventilator and you know who knows how long it's going to be before your lungs are able to um, work to the point where you're not going to need that ventilator anymore Um, but you're still going to need assistance with other types of mechanical assistance and from then on, it's just kind of training yourself and training your lungs and training your body to kind of go back to a, a place where you're able to get discharged and go home from the hospital. Whether or not it was back to where you, came, uh, where you were before, um, it, it all just depends on the person, which is the scary part is you just never know. It could take a couple days or it could take months. And awesome. some cases have been to the place have been in a place where it has taken months
0: so since there are since there are like different people who have different symptoms like most of my friends they're just really sick for like two weeks and some people just have like a runny nose um mm-hmm. some people have no symptoms at all like yeah they just have diarrhea and then they have covid which i feel like would be the worst <laughs> one <laughs> either of those but do you think that there are two strands
1: of the, like, two different strands of the virus going around? Um. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if there was. Uh, mm. I haven't heard anything about that yet, but, you know, it is a virus, and viruses tend to mutate very quickly, um, and it would not surprise me, honestly. I get that. Like, I personally think there is,
0: which is the scary part, like, you could get a cold could go to the icu you don't know and i feel like every time i go to walmart i'm taking that chance yeah um all right so a big thing that people bring up especially recently and now that the strip has opened up and everything is the positive numbers have gone up obviously because our testing has gone up like there's definitely more testing sites compared to maybe two months ago Mm -hmm. um but we're also watching. A lot of people point out the death rate hasn't gone up as well. Um, is do you, what from your perspective, working in a hospital, do you think that's just because because we just saw the numbers go up and we're waiting for that death number to catch up locally here in Nevada? Or what can we really say about this? Is
1: I think that the more time we have. Um, to see how this virus acts, the more we're realizing what works and what doesn't work. Um, but that also doesn't mean that just because the death numbers haven't gone up doesn't mean that the symptoms aren't as bad. We just, we just know what to do before, you know, the worst happens. It's still a very big thing. And I was actually just, um, a lot of our, um, colleagues and I were talking about the fact that our ICU and our IMC and our med surge floor, which are our designated COVID floors are all full. So yes, the num- the death number may be lower, but that doesn't mean that this virus isn't still running rampant and it isn't still running or, um, and ruining people's lives. Basically. I-, I hate to say that, but it is yeah. um, because some people in the ICU, you don't know, it, like people are counting the days and, hoping that their loved one who is a mom who's a dad who's a brother sister daughter son is going to make it to the next day and just because that person didn't pass doesn't mean that you know the complications and the side effects of everything is not going to be there in the long run
0: I get that yeah and that's something I think of like I have friends who they just want to stay home they don't want to interact with anyone and friends that are like, I feel fine. I'm going to go to restaurants. I'm going to go to a party. And I'm on the other hand, like, first of all, it's hard enough to make plans as a young adult before all this. So (laughs) now I think like, I don't want to Like, even if I I'm 23, I had to think about that. I'm 23. (laughs) I'm not probably most likely not going to die. But like if it's something that can give me pretty much pneumonia, <laughs> and we yeah. don't know, I I'm just going to not go. And so, it's a it's a crazy thing. Like, um, I mean, I have it, I'm sure millions of people have it. Where you just wake up certain days and you're like, mm-hmm. wow, like what what is this?
1: What what are we? On? Like, yeah, it's crazy because you know, like. And I understand that sometimes it, it that it is very, very hard. and you know what? like if you do choose to go out that that's i I hate to say it, but people are going to continue to go out. People are gonna yeah continue to we can't stop thing. it at
0: all right.
1: but to be safe and to wear a mask, you know, like that's the least you can do. So I guess specifically in regards to people,
0: with children because i that's the main thing i think of is what if this virus was like a danger to children not just every not just those above maybe the age of 55 like what if this was a danger to children the world would be on fire right now like Mm -hmm. i'm starting to consider building a bunker in case that happens (laughs) so what is your advice to to parents right now like should should they be vocalizing that maybe school shouldn't be open next semester? Um, how do you, because uh, children are wild and I never want them, but for people who do have them.
1: Um, <laughs> children are very dirty. I'm going to be honest with you, working with them. I know they're the, some of the, they're, they're dirty little creatures who like to put their hands on everything. And <laughs> I, I think honestly, like keep them home as much as possible. Um, I know people really want school to open up again for different reasons, not just because they want school to open up, you know, financially, and especially if they start going to work again, like that's going to present another challenge, um, Mm -hmm. finding childcare. So like, ideally I would really like there to be a way for us to safely implement going back to school without, you know, or with the measures of increased sanitation and, um, just a way to even help support teachers if, and if, you know, we end up just going straight to um, online learning, just a way for us to be able to support a whole entire process of that happening, where we can safely bring children to school without risking, you know, the whole entire school getting the coronavirus, which, you know, is a, is a very, very real thing. I mean, it's a very possible thing that could happen. Um, but if like, just as of the present day, you know, keep them home as much as possible. If they do go out, Um, make sure they clean their hands really well. I try to, I have a dog, which I mean, (laughs) is not like a trap whatsoever, but still kind of is. Whenever we end up going on a walk, I'll make sure, you know, that everything's clean and sanitized. And I'll make sure like his kennel is clean and sanitize everything with a bleach wipe and just keep everything as clean as possible. So the risk lowers and, you know, dogs can't get the coronavirus, but it's in the air and it can get onto their fur. And, you know, he he could come home and all of a sudden everything is infected because he has brought it into the house. And you just, you just never know. It's, it's better safe, in my opinion, than sorry. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would hate to be, you know, I would hate to think of a child that either gets coronavirus or Having a child bring coronavirus in from home, f- from school, if it does start and s- infecting and possibly making someone very, very sick that lives in their household.
0: Exactly. So, what questions do you have being on someone who has to interact with people with COVID um, based on your knowledge of science, which is above most of the average? average person like me, what questions do you still have that have not been answered yet?
1: Um, I think a lo- it's, it's a lot of questions that honestly the general public still has. You know, what's going to happen next is my big question, because there are so many ifs and there's so many possibilities that a lot of us have questions to. And, you know, like, things keep changing constantly, whereas... Like, for example, when the CDC said that masks aren't recommended and, you know, I keep going around Ugh, telling people that masks yeah. are recommended. And then all of a sudden one day masks are the mandatory thing to do and the recommended thing to do. And now I, I look like an idiot that said that, <laughs> but it's always just kind of making sure that I keep up with whatever is going on and making sure I keep up to date with the knowledge and you know, I'm I'm just like every other person in this world, I think. And I just want to know when and how we are going to go back to regular life without risking, you know, ourselves and risking others. Mm-hmm.
0: Based on, have you heard any like inferences on maybe what the, the next step may be? Are we just going to do hardcore testing for everyone? Or is there an expected vaccine that can come soon? Or
1: I've heard a lot of different things that may or may not be the case. You know, we're just kind of trying everything. We're kind of testing the waters in a lot of different um, places and hoping that one of them works. Um, Like I said, there is one antiviral vaccine, the Resemdivir, that may or may not work. You know, we're in the trial process of that. The FDA just kind of made an emergency approval for it. and for the one person and the one patient that I've had, it looked like it worked. Um, it looked like it did wonders, but you know, that could be one patient. It could not work for other people. We're still, we're still kind of finding um, the information on that right now. Um, we're still kind of hoping for a vaccine that's happening. I honestly can't tell you much about that yet because um, from my knowledge, uh, vaccines take a long time a long time to process and get to the point of it being safe for humans and for it to be a safe thing to give to the masses. So right now, like, it's, it's, it's just, like I said, there's a lot of questions.
0: <laughs> Those be continued. Um, yes, definitely. Should everyone be getting tested regularly? Um, Not regularly, but maybe say, like, if you – even have some like I have allergy symptoms, and I'm going to get tested soon. Should mm-hmm. more people be getting tested like once they feel something off
1: I feel like if you're if something's off, definitely get tested unless you know for a fact that is like you said like allergies or it is asthma or something else or whatever you think if it is asthma normal for you, get tested um, for me like I'm always constantly in a kind of state of worry because I have asthma and I cough. It it's a norm for me, but wearing a mask 13 14 hours of the day, I feel lightheaded and I feel like my cough got worse and I have phlegm and all this all this nasty stuff. <laughs> and it's always just kind of reminding myself, you know, if it if it feels different, get tested. And I've gotten tested already. I've gotten tested twice. And thank God I've been negative so far. But, you know, like I would rather know that I'm positive and quarantine myself and either stay locked up in my room for two weeks or know for a fact that I'm negative. But there's a, there's always the possibility of it also being a false negative as well. Um, those cases do happen. Um, there have been a couple of cases in the hospital, actually, where we've tested someone repeatedly and they've been negative And all of a sudden they went somewhere else, got tested and they were positive. So you never know. Um, mm. That's why I always tell everyone to just it, it, act like you're positive is what I like to say.
0: Is there anything else that you want to input? Any last thoughts kind of on the, the topic right now? Anything that gives you peace of mind that might give someone else peace of mind?
1: <laughs> um, I think that I'm just going to reiterate it again because I'm a, I'm a nurse and I feel like I should. You know, wear your mask, get tested if you're negative, if you, if you feel like something's off and It's better safe than sorry. Um, I just really want to say that, you know, this is going to be a team effort. This isn't, you know, me wanting to make sure I'm not sick. It's also the fact that I want to make sure, you know, the rest of my family doesn't get sick and the person next to me in the grocery store doesn't get sick. And I feel like once people kind of start realizing that it's a team effort, I feel as if this will go away much quicker than it has been which sadly is not as quick as I would like it to be
0: (laughs) thank you thank you thank you so much for your time I learned a lot and had a lot of fun
1: yes I
0: I hope you stay safe and stay healthy